Here on Mother Love, we know a few things to be true. Mothers are warriors. They are masters of endurance. They have an incredible well of untapped knowledge and creativity. They've got straight up survival skills. Here on Mother Love, we think it's time to celebrate those things. We speak about the transformation in body, mind, and soul that is required on the journey to motherhood. We discuss what it takes to conceive, grow, birth, and welcome a baby into this big, wide, messy world. We recognize all the ways in which this usually doesn't go according to plan. Mother love is a safe space to witness mothers in their struggles and their triumphs because they need to stop feeling like they have to hide how hard it is. Mother love is a place where you can let it all out, mama. A place to harvest your deep wisdom, grieve the most painful moments, and spread hope to all the moms out there who feel invisible. This is Mother Love, where we love on mothers. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Hello, dear listeners. Thank you for joining us on Mother Love for our very first episode. I am your host, Claire Larson, and today I'll be sitting down with Trista Venata, who lives here in Helena and does incredible work um, that we'll talk about a lot in the episode. But I just want you to know a little bit about Trista's background as it does really inform the conversation and it's uh, important information to know going in. So Trista is currently the mental health coordinator for an early Head Start program across the state of Montana. She has a master's in social work and a special interest in infant early childhood, mental health. She's been working in early intervention for the past nine years. During the time she's been doing this work, she has supported teaching staff through practice-based coaching in many different delivery models. She has offered reflective supervision for staff and has supported leadership throughout many phases of implementation. Trista serves on many community coalitions specific to early childhood and home visiting, and she is also certified in parent-child interaction therapy and continues to serve small children and their families with attachment and trauma healing. So the important thing about this work is, A, it's incredible. Um, It's so valuable that she is there supporting the caregivers of very young children because I've done this work and it's extremely exhausting in every sense of the word, but also really, really important in the development of these people. Um, So I'm really grateful that Trista could be here to share her story, not only of the work that she does, but how that impacted her when she found herself in the throes of postpartum depression as a new mother. It took incredible courage on her part to be able to speak up about what was going on for her. Um, Because she is such an expert in the field, she was the last person uh, to think that she would end up suffering in postpartum. Um, So I just want to thank her for being here. I want to thank you for being open to hearing her story. And I am happy to present you with her wisdom and strength going into this interview. Enjoy. Oh, and one more thing to note. 
This is a powerful story because it is a powerful story. It sometimes uses very powerful language. And we believe that that is appropriate when telling stories of this nature here at Mother Love. So if you are in mixed company and you feel it would be best to keep such powerful language contained to your ears only, please feel free to pop in some earbuds. So I am here with Trista Venata today. This is our first Mother Love podcast. And uh, my name is Claire. I work with Healthy Mothers, Healthy Babies. And we've partnered with the Early Childhood Coalition in Helena to start these the series of conversations with moms, with advocates, with people who are involved in maternal health. Um, and we're just really excited that Trista has volunteered to be our first. We asked her, but... We've all oh, totally her. volunteered. Yeah. No, <laughs> to I told Brie I would love guest. to be there. Yeah. yeah. So she's here today and we'll be talking a little bit about her own personal experience um, becoming a mother and how that went for her and how that now informs the work that she's doing in the world each day. So um, I just want to start, Trista, by asking you like, um, to tell us a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. um, in your current everyday life. How do you spend your days? in terms of work, um, in terms of fun, in terms of family and friend connection? Mm -hmm. Like what does a kind of a typical day or week look like for you? What a cool question. Um, So funny you ask, I've actually shifted some of my routine. So now I'm waking up in the morning and I'm really trying to get some of my like physical activity done at home, which Mm -hmm. has been a little bit of a challenge as I have a five-year-old and I'm a stepmama to a 12-year-old. And I used to go to the gym act like all the time in the mornings. Um, and that maybe we talk about a little bit later, but it w- just wasn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I'm waking up in the morning, trying to do 20 minutes of something, yeah. right. Whether it's stretching or yoga or some sort of lifting. And then I help my baby girl get dressed for the day and get the kids out the door. And then I work for AWARE's Early Head Start program. I'm the mental health coordinator for our programs all across the state. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the consultant for our Um, Helena program here. So then when I am off to work, I get to kind of say hello to all these families that bring in and entrust kind of their children zero to three to the teachers that work there, which is just a cool job. I have, we have this running joke called hashtag best job ever because we get to see families and babies. And if I, you know, am having a rough morning, I can go and just rock a baby Mm -hmm. for a couple of minutes. And um, so I, do that and my day there is coaching teachers um supporting these caregivers who Mm -hmm. spend all day with these children um and also parents so i'm a practitioner i provide parent-child interaction therapy or individual therapy or family therapy Mm -hmm. to families within the community or families that are kind of accessing early head start right there which is kind of neat because um if families feel the need they can kind of just come down the hall and have someone that's familiar that says hello to them in the morning but they can also kind of access some extra support if needed yeah um so i spend my days kind of just with adults who are caring for children Mm -hmm. And it can be challenging because yeah. children awaken so much inside of us. For sure. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I think we grow up thinking like it should be so easy and we should know how to do it. And whether you're a teacher or a mom or a dad mm-hmm. or a grandma and like there's no manual. No. So helping, I think, parents understand and teachers understand that this is hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. It's the most important job. Yep. So why wouldn't it be hard? For sure. Right? Yeah. I think that's huge. And I think I often, that's a thing, a phrase that gets spoken a lot. You know, there isn't a manual for this. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, if there was a way to have made a manual for this, it would have been made a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it's not that people haven't tried. Like, right. There have been many a book written about <laughs> yes. how to parent a child perfectly. And they're, they're humans and they are mm-hmm. so different and they are so raw mm-hmm. and unfiltered that mm-hmm. rules do not apply to them in a way that is across the board that is universal right and so I I myself have worked as a caregiver Mm -hmm. um, at a Montessori school okay and it's one of the most precious times Mm -hmm. it was actually right before I came to Healthy Mothers Healthy Babies and um, the impact of that work is just incredible and you can feel you know as you help these little ones navigate the most tiny things Mm -hmm. that upset them you can feel that you're instilling in them this sense of like okay, I freaked out about this, but so-and-so showed up and helped me through it. And it's like this um, really at a really base level, sort of helping their nervous systems Mm -hmm. know how to handle things and and feel safe doing so. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I, and it's also very consuming, (laughs) very exhausting, very taxing because it calls on every part of you, physical, mental, emotional at Mm -hmm. all times, like for how many hours out of every day. Right. Yes. Um, and I used to like joke that I I would look back on my day and be like, I mean, I was just hanging out with kids all day. Like it shouldn't be that hard, but man, you get home and you're like, wow, that Mm -hmm. took everything out of me. Right. Um, Right. And so it's really cool to know that Head Start has a support and a person who's Mm -hmm. kind of there bolstering up the energy of the people that are doing that work each day. Yeah. It's not a perfect model, but we are trying really hard to Mm -hmm. recognize exactly what you talked about, this kind of energy and this intention Mm -hmm. that it takes to, to care for children, especially zero to three. So our early Head Start program, which Mm -hmm. is different than the Head Start program here in town, but Head Start has also employed a mental health consultant who works for the same company as I do. In fact, her and I are co-therapists and to just recognize the importance, I think of what you're talking about is a really great first step Yeah, because not only is it exhausting and takes all of this energy, Mm -hmm. um, but then sometimes our past stories show up yeah. when we're interacting with these kids. And, For sure. and sometimes it's us that are needing a little bit of that yep. kind of guidance, just like yeah. we're asking the caregivers to guide the children. Yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah. The parallel process is just an amazing mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Cause it's really hard to be calm mm-hmm. and caring and be teaching and guiding in a way that comes mm-hmm. from that place of intentionality. If mm-hmm. you yourself are feeling triggered and right. overwhelmed and, mm-hmm. you know, flooded with memory and emotion. So I think that that's probably one of the best places to have a mental health <laughs> caregiver or support person because mm-hmm. the value of it is just huge. It really, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of, a lot of support happening kind of throughout the state around having just someone who specializes in attachment, right? Yeah. Or someone who can recognize these nuances. I mean, we're a childcare and we have babies yeah. and the idea for some, uh, some parents who maybe not have that conversation is that I'm going to bring my baby yeah. and then I'm going to leave because that's what we do with childcare. Correct. Right. Yeah. But when we think about the attachment process, yeah. there has to be some intentional planning, for sure. right? Some extra information to yeah. support or when we are going through that transition stage and baby hasn't maybe con- had that um, connection yet or, mm-hmm. or that feeling of full safety or c- created that connection with the caregiver. Yeah. How do we support the teacher, right? Yeah. How do we support that teacher when she's working so hard to build that trust right. and to build that sense of safety, yep. building in extra breaks and being able yeah. to really just recognize mm-hmm. that, that it's 
difficult and yeah. emotional. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes my heart really happy. How long has that program been going on as far as you um, supporting mentally the mental health there at Early Head Start? So the grant itself has been running for, I think, close to four years now, but we started with a smaller grant and have expanded, but our center-based has been open since last April. So we're coming up on our year mark here and we've slowly opened classrooms. And, um, so not long Mm -hmm. aware itself has had early head start since I think like 96, we've had a center in Butte, Mm -hmm. but not always staffed with a mental health professional. So it it really, what's been hard is to get mental health professionals to see that this is a career track, Mm -hmm. but I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Like that's a whole nother issue, but, um, trying to, I think, recruit and help our communities and our, um, cultures understand that there's such a place for this type of support. And really when we talk about mental health, I mean, that word can get so scary, Mm -hmm. but when we're talking with young children, social, emotional development, I mean, they're one in the same for sure. And so trying to get people to understand that that social, emotional development Mm -hmm. takes kind of the village mentality yeah yeah cool yeah yay well you're right we could go on about that all day so yeah <laughs> I can tell that by the <laughs> two of us looking at each other like this could go on for hours so we'll move a little bit um on to the next um, topic I wanted to ask you a little of your own personal experience mm-hmm. in becoming a mother and entering into new parenthood mm-hmm. um because that is our aim with this podcast mm-hmm. is to share that story and the many, many, many different versions of it. Um, but you in particular, I know that that, um, that, that that experience was informed and influenced by your work that you did previous to it and also really informed and motivated your work after Absolutely. having gone through that. So mm-hmm. can you just tell us a little bit about, um, you know, when we talk about... Um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders is Mm -hmm. kind of the term that's being more widely recognized and accepted now for this really, um, this time between conception and, um, you know, up through weaning is what the definition can be. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us a little bit about your own personal journey through that time? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm happy to hear you take a deep breath (laughs) before that because it's a, I know myself that it can be a really challenging time for everyone, but yeah. Yeah. So this idea of perinatal, I think is it maybe a new term for maybe our community or just kind of our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking of, for those that haven't heard that it's kind of just during that prenatal time, mm-hmm. uh, there's been this, I think, preconception that postpartum depression only happens kind of after delivery. And right. what we're finding is that during pregnancy, um, there can be symptoms or kind of pieces that mm-hmm. are tell um, around those parts. That was not my experience. I, um, <laughs> I loved being pregnant. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean the first trimester, Oh, I was so tired. Yeah. Like I was so tired and, and I mean, you're growing a human. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to be tired. Right. And I needed those reminders often. Um, uh, but pregnancy was, I mean, I felt so grateful and, and blessed because it was a very easy pregnancy. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I carried well, mm-hmm. loved getting dressed in the cute maternity outfits, mm-hmm. you sure. know, like yeah. I was super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so my daughter was early, mm-hmm. um, but during pregnancy, I think this is important to talk about. So during pregnancy, keeping in mind, mm-hmm. I am in this field, right? Like I am working with infants and babies and toddlers and parents every single day. Yeah. Okay. And, and delivery and pregnancy is just part of that work. Yeah. So during my own pregnancy, I avoided any type of topics that talked about 
like vaginal delivery oh, yeah, yeah. or like how to like totally. support your swelling afterwards. Yep. Like I didn't want anything to do with mm-hmm. that shit. Like I didn't want to hear anything about it. Yep. And, and I, it wasn't so much that it, like I'm uncomfortable talking about it, yeah. but I think just in like living it, it's just like, I finally came to this realization that it's like women have been doing this for so many yeah. years that like, I'm pretty sure that it'll just figure itself out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When really what I was doing was avoiding, yeah. right? Like I just didn't want to talk about, I yeah. think looking back this really big event yes. that was about to happen. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to stick with the parts that were comfortable, Yep. which ironically I had a girlfriend pregnant at the same time who was in Washington. She's mm-hmm. one of my closest dearest friends and she took the opposite route. Yeah. YouTubing every day, yeah. right? She, at one point I'll never forget. She's like, so I've soaked pads in water with lavender oil yeah. and froze them so yep. that when I get home, yep. you know, everything's good to go. For sure. And I was like, I don't even have a bag packed. Yeah. Like I just wasn't no. willing to go there. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> my husband plays hockey and uh-huh. he had a hockey tournament one weekend. Uh-huh. And when you play hockey as an adult, there's a lot of alcohol involved. Uh-huh. So he came home a Sunday night, um, Uh-oh. had, had a wonderful time <laughs> at hockey. Uh-huh. Um, I, I even think they won that tournament uh-huh. and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and thought that I had pissed myself to be uh-huh. honest. I'm yeah. like, I'm not sure what's going on. So yeah. I go in the bathroom and you know, things are happening, but I, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Remember I avoided yeah. all of that. Avoided I'm, it all. I hear you. So I like change myself up and then I get back in bed. Well, then it happened again. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, shit, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I get up, I'm like, clean myself up again. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around my kitchen and like things start kind of moving. I start getting kind of uncomfortable. So I'm like, all right, it's three 45 minutes. Just take a bath. Yeah. So I take a bath. What I know now was I, my water had broke and I was in full on contractions, but because of the avoidance, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So it's like 4.30 now. I'm walking around our island, just pacing, like doubling over at one point and still kind of leaking at the same time. It's just going to figure itself out. It'll just figure itself out. Well, finally I start to get a little bit worried. So I had to fucking Google it. Yeah. Right. Again, I'm in this field. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm Googling what's <laughs> happening with my body. Yeah. And sure enough, it says like more than likely your water is broke and you need to get to the hospital like as soon as possible <laughs> to avoid infection. And I'm like, you've, I have a oh. somewhat passed out husband yeah. in my bed. Uh-huh. I'm leaking everywhere. Yeah. I have no pads. Like, yeah. I did not prepare no. because she's, she was due December, uh-huh. December 21st or no, December 19th. Mm-hmm. She was due mm-hmm. and it, she was born November 17th. Oh, so right? this is way early. It was pretty early. Yeah. So I casually walk into the bedroom and I like shake my husband who reeks of beer uh-huh. and I say, Hey babe, just want to let you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my water broke, but it's fine. Like it's no big deal. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And he like stumbles, rolls over. I'm in the living room. 20 oh minutes God. later, Claire, 20 minutes later, he comes out in his underwear and he says, what did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> like what's happening? So from there, like, we, this isn't a dream. <laughs> right. You actually are having a did baby. Did you say what I thought you kind said? Kind of in our living room Absolutely. right now. So I had, n- I had nothing. I had nothing prepared. Yeah. I had no bad pay. We didn't even have the crib up or a car seat yeah. at this point. Yeah. But I still had myself convinced like mm-hmm. this baby's not coming. Yeah. It's too early. Mm-hmm. Right. It's too early. Mm-hmm. So again, leaking every time I walk around the the -hmm. kitchen, I called one of my girlfriends at the time and I was like, look, she's already had a kid. So she's, you know, the best advice I had gotten during pregnancy was find a couple of people that you trust. Yeah. Right. And that, you know, will kind of tell you upfront and take their advice because 
because what happens is everyone wants to give you advice yeah. and it's contradicting, right? And yeah. it can make you crazy making. Totally. So she was one of the ones that I had chosen and um, I just told her like, I can't even leave my house. I'm leaking everywhere. So yeah. she goes to the grocery store, gets me some pads, comes back to my house, uh-huh. gets me ready to go and we go to the hospital. So yeah. it's like seven o'clock in the morning at yeah. this point. Yeah. And I still think like we're going home. Yeah. And that just wasn't the case. So, yeah. I mean, even just getting to delivery, yeah. right, was kind of this. It was off script. It was off of script. what you had anticipated. Yeah. 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 And I think that's so true for so many moms. Like mm-hmm. we create a story, mm-hmm. right? We create a story of how things have to go. And for we do sure. that for several reasons. Yep. One of which, so we can feel prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so that we can have control. Yeah. And already as, as my daughter was coming into the world, mm-hmm. I had started losing control, yep. which is important as kind of my story continues. Yep. So she comes fairly early. I mean, I, they put me on Pitocin. The, the doctor says, oh, this will be an evening baby. And the nurse had to call about a half an hour, 45 minutes later. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born right before noon. Yeah. So we checked in at seven. She was born before noon. Yeah. Um, but I had three pushes in. I'll never forget this moment because I'd always, we always have these plans, right? These stories. So my plan was that my husband was only going to see the good parts, oh, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he was not going to witness. For sure. Yeah. Of course. So here my leg is up by my, my <laughs> ear and I'm looking over and I'm seeing him and, and I love him so much, but he wears all of his emotion on his face. Yeah. He's terrified yeah. at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. But he's so supportive. Yeah. And so I go straight on like concentration mode. I've yeah. been an athlete. I know how to, we're going to get this shit done. Yeah. Right. So three pushes in, I am focused. I am ready. I yeah. am pushing. Yeah. And the doctor slowly backs out and starts taking her gloves off and says, so we have a butt. And at that point, the back of the room started shifting kind of like a NASCAR pit yeah, crew, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like they just started That's moving. That's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this pair of scrubs comes like thrown across the room and lands in my husband's lap. And she goes, so now we're going for an emergency C-section. Yep. And at this point I've had no epidural because mm-hmm. she was coming so fast. Yeah. And C-section was not the plan. Yeah, no. Right? It was not the plan. Yep. And so she says to me, stop pushing. Yeah. And that was harder than trying to push, right? Because yeah. our body is totally. naturally trying to yep. kind of do this amazing yeah. thing, which I knew my yeah. body would know how to do, You're right? You're like, okay, I'll stop pushing, you stop breathing. Right, absolutely. Deal? Absolutely. Deal. Yeah. So that was the hardest part, and I remember that was like the longest, I'm sure it only took like 10 minutes to yeah. get me from the room to the no, OR, but I it felt you. like an eternity. Yeah. And at one point, my husband had to be left out, and mm-hmm. and then they're stripping me down mm-hmm. at this point too. Like, I am bare-ass naked it's on this cold table. cold in those rooms too. It's cold, yep. I'm trying not to push, yeah. I'm crying, and I have strangers that are looking yep. me at the face, seeing everything I have to yep. offer, right? Like, yeah. And then telling me that it's gonna be okay. It's like, yeah. I don't even know you, I just yeah. want my husband. Yeah. But, and then the guy, the anesthesiologist came mm-hmm. and he gave me my spinal. Yeah. And now I felt like I've had someone I could connect with. Yeah. So I looked at him and I said, you just became my best friend. Yeah. And I remember in that moment I could finally breathe. Yeah. They laid me back on the table. My yeah. husband came in. Yeah. And that was my first encounter of ever even being in an OR. Yeah. Right. So I, it was like, same. yeah. And, and, and when we talk about childbirth, I don't think people understand or, or connect. Maybe it's the connection that childbirth, no matter how it happens, is a traumatic event. Yeah. Whether it's physically traumatic, mentally traumatic, or both, Mm -hmm. right? And so now my body is going through this huge traumatic event, being ripped open for the first time, Mm -hmm. and I'm laying on the table. Yep. So, but everything, I was so grateful. Everything went fine. Though she was early, she needed no medical kind of attention. Like we, it was fine, Yeah. you know? And so 
the recovery kind of natural four days in the hospital. I mean, the first night I was a bawling nasty wreck because Uh I mean, it was trauma. Yeah. Right. I was in so much pain. My husband ended up going home that night. He had to go to work. My mom was in town. So, but you just don't. I think that that's kind of when this fog. Wait, did you started. say your husband had to go to work that he, night? Not that night. Oh. The next, the next day. Okay. Uh, because it was unplanned. Yeah. Right. And he worked in the trades. We didn't yeah. have this ability Whoa. to really make a plan. Yeah. We didn't have a car seat. Yeah. We didn't have a crib. Oh, like it was like this. Guess what, yeah. guys? Now your parents. Yeah. Um. So it was it was crazy. And mm-hmm. like I said, he was out for the weekend. Yeah. So he was sleep deprived and hungover. Yeah. Like he needed to go home and sleep. Yeah. So mom stayed with me and it was just, it was okay because I feel like that first night, like with my mom there, like Uh I could really just be raw. Yeah. Like I think that that I could cry. I could be scared. I could have all of those things. I think easier yeah when my mom was there right right? and and I didn't really realize that Mm -hmm. until after of like just being so thankful yeah that she she could have been there. Yeah. So I mean this story it, it can go on for so long but if we kind of fast forward so we get home uh-huh. and it's four days later and my son has a hockey game mm-hmm. and so I start to think I've got this oh yeah right and so I've got this baby I've, I'm happy our our bodies are flooded with like epinephrine mm-hmm. and like all of those happy hormones mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. feeling so good about yeah. life right yeah, yeah what five days postpartum yeah so I go to the hockey rink I'm in like cute wedge heels and like leggings and I my makeup's done and yeah. I've got this baby in my mm-hmm. arm I've got it all together it's gonna be easy yeah, yeah. it's gonna be so easy mm-hmm. and I remember people coming up to me just being like oh you look so great and oh like I can't believe you're here mm-hmm. and just thinking like I've got this yeah. right I got this mm-hmm. and then I didn't yeah right and sure. then I didn't yep and yeah. it was about I would say it was about like five or six weeks Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. that it just started to get hard. Yeah. Like so, and she was colicky. Mm -hmm. She was a colicky baby. Mm -hmm. She didn't sleep through the night. Yeah. She only wanted me, Mm -hmm. especially during that early, early time. Right. Like, and she could only sleep on me. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, Claire, like I have a hard time co-sleeping with my husband, let alone an infant. Right. So I was sleep deprived. Yeah. And all of a sudden I didn't have the energy to do my hair, Mm-mm. right? Or like they don't tell you the things like when you get home from the hospital and take your first shower, yeah. you are literally going to leak yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Like I had milk dripping yep. from each side and like I didn't, I had no idea, Yeah. right? I had yep. no idea. And so there's these things where like when we talked about control earlier, mm-hmm. totally, all of these things I felt like I had control over yep. started to slip away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard place to be. It is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're so used to having control. Yep. And if, and if that's how you um, are very certain of your identity in the world and mm-hmm. the way that you um, sort of, for me, it was like there was a version of me before baby came. I'm sure this is a very common thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I was like the girl who would show up at the hockey game looking cute and in heels and like, and that was how I said to the world, I'm okay. Yes. I'm good. Things are fine. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I got I can this. Do this. You, right? Mm-hmm. So then as those things slowly get sort of um, taken away from you, like then, so you're that girl at the hockey game and then you get home and you're the girl in the shower and your boobs are leaking everywhere and you're mm-hmm. bleeding and you can't stop bleeding mm-hmm. and everything hurts and you're sore. Mm-hmm. And like in those moments for me, it was like, okay, 
well, then who am I now? Mm -hmm. And there was this big divide that opened up between the identity that you so felt comfortable in before and this new identity as mom, Mm. which is messy, raw, challenging, Mm -hmm. out of control. Mm -hmm. Like there are all these new pieces that you don't know how to like, um, sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Bridge the gap between Mm -hmm. those two Mm -hmm. different identities. Mm -hmm. So I often feel like when I've spoken to other friends or moms about this, it's this experience of, um, of having to hold the most polar opposite emotions simultaneously. Mm. They're like dueling with each other and you feel on, on one end, you feel grateful and happy that you have this beautiful little being Mm -hmm. and you have the opportunity to hold and snuggle and care Mm -hmm. for and nurture Mm -hmm. and it feels like such an honor Mm -hmm. and then on the other side of that of the line is this part of you that feels like okay like I'm in pain yeah this is hard I'm exhausted Mm -hmm. I don't see a way out of this I don't see that this might ever Mm -hmm. get better yeah you know especially in your uh, with your first baby it's Mm -hmm. like there's no way to tell yourself this is only a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. you can sort of take other people's word for it but Mm -hmm. that light at the end of the tunnel seems really far away right if not completely dark and I feel like that experience that you're talking about of um of the ways that we tell ourselves and the world, I've, I got this, I'm going to be okay. Like when we get stripped of those things, of course we mm-hmm. suffer this like feeling of like, oh shit, mm-hmm. like what now? And right. how do I, and who am I if I can't do my hair? Right. And that sounds really trivial, but like if I can't meet my own basic care needs, mm-hmm. like how am I going to be okay? Right. How am I okay? How do I tell the world I'm okay? How right. do I tell myself I'm okay? Mm. You know, and those are like, those are the moments where, um, you just, you know, something has changed and shifted, mm-hmm. but you can't, it's hard to find your way back. Absolutely. There's no map to find your way back. There's no map. And I, it, what we describe is like, as we're talking about being able to do their hair, it's not just about like the looking good part. Right. I mean, that's a great side effect, Yeah, yeah. but it's about our routine. Yeah. Right. And then that idea of loss of control, these yeah. things that we find simple pleasures yeah. in are now stripped away. Uh-huh. And, and for me, I remember as you talk about the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. These two big things of emotion for me, Claire, it was almost like, I mean, I, I remember moments of looking at her being like fulfilled, yeah. right. And like this right. really, but there were so many moments mm-hmm. of numbness. Yeah. Like so many moments of like not feeling anything. Mm-hmm but knowing I should be because yeah. I'm in this field right. and right. Or like that's what society tells yeah. us too, right? All of the commercials of like, yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. when you have a baby, you just glow yeah. and you look so great. And yeah. uh, it was yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah, It's, it's total fucking bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Because what happens is like you, you were describing what our body's going yeah. through, what our minds are like, that is not a beautiful time. No, this is not a beautiful time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you talked about bridging the gap and sometimes I wonder it's about rediscovering, mm-hmm. right? It's about we get stripped, I think, of everything and we have to rediscover who yeah, we are. Right. And that is a scary, scary road. Right. Right. Especially totally. when we have had these truths uh-huh. that we've created. Yep. Right. Like I'm a career woman yeah. or I'm, you know, like th- this is what I am. I was an athlete. I was in the best shape of my life yeah. before I got pregnant. Right. Going to the gym regularly. Yep. And and I'm prone to depression. I mm-hmm. have I've had depressive episodes prior to, to having a baby. And so I did that because I, it was my prescription, yeah. right? Like that's, right. that was a time in my life I felt in most control. Mm-hmm. I felt healthy. I felt strong. Mm-hmm. Um, that was important to yeah. me, which kind of comes up in my story, mm-hmm. in my story later. But yeah. I want to go back a little bit to this numbness because mm-hmm. I think that 
again, the, the cultural pressures yeah. of, you know, aren't you so happy? Aren't mm-hmm. you grateful? Yeah. Right. Like we, um, there's this thing we do. Brene Brown talks a lot about it and it's this situational comparison yeah. of, you know, like you should be grateful uh-huh. or at least it's yeah. right. And I went through some of that even coming here today of being like, you know, my story isn't that big, yeah. right? Like I didn't, I didn't have to get hospitalized mm-hmm. or I didn't have to get medication, yeah. but so like we almost kind of do this like minimizing, minimizing. Yeah. yeah. And so I had to even do some of my own work coming here today yeah. thinking that like, yes, my story might be different than those, yeah. but it's still my story. Yeah. And there's such a, a truth to this connecting. Uh-huh. And so, but when I was in it, mm-hmm. when I was feeling the numbness yeah. and recognizing the numbness, yeah. I was paralyzed. Yeah. I was really paralyzed in this piece. And I think there, I can pinpoint these moments through kind of postpartum that contributed to some of it. So my husband and I got engaged eight days before Livy was born. Mm-hmm. So rewinding a little bit, yeah. right? So then not only do I have a baby, yeah. I'm planning a wedding yeah. at the same time. And this was my second marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I had, again, another story. Yeah. Like I, in some ways I feel like I got a do over, right? Like yeah. I could do it again. I got married really young the first time. Yeah. And so now I wanted, I had this picture, yeah. this picture perfect yeah. wedding with this man I know I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah while struggling with numbness. Yeah. It was almost like I was trying so hard to connect with my world. Yeah. Craving connection. Yeah. But there was something that was blocking it. Yeah. Like I found myself in moments of when we were talking about reception, Mm -hmm. thinking that like I should be feeling joy right now. Right. right? Or, or holding my little girl with, and I remember rocking her and holding her and my mom sitting kind of across the room and I'm just crying. Yeah. And she's, she's saying the things that we are trying to bring awareness to. Like, it's okay, but it's okay to need help Yeah, saying these things. Like I'm worried about you. Yeah. Right. And because there was such a block, like yeah. I could appreciate her being there, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't connect with her words. Yeah. I couldn't connect with my baby. I yeah. couldn't connect with my, my, my wedding planning. Yep. It's like I yeah. was in a fog yep. the whole fucking time yep. for a year. Mm-hmm. And there's these moments. I had this wedding dress I bought before we even got engaged. Mm-hmm. His mom bought it for us. It was like this super bargain allure couture, $350. Mm-hmm. I would go say hello to it. Yeah. I was so happy, right? Yeah. So then I get pregnant uh-huh. and the wedding's here and I go yeah. to fit into it and I don't fit. Yeah. I don't fit into the dress that fit mm-hmm. into my story. Yeah. And so two weeks before the wedding, we had to order another. Yeah. So, so then there's just these, all these events that are happening that yeah. I'm just kind of like, yeah. I'm just in it. Yeah. I'm just going through the motions, yep. right? I'm just yep. floating. Yep. And I think that that's an important piece to talk about that, you know, we were kind of catching up a little bit before we even started to record, but the piece um, to, to kind of address, which I am not, a doctor, I don't, but I have my own personal experience with trauma, right? And mm-hmm. trauma is a big word right now. But if we talk about birth being a traumatic experience, um, no matter how smoothly it goes, and we talk about in your instance, there was some um, emergency type things that happened, some mm-hmm. urgent medical need mm-hmm. that your body was no longer like you had to surrender, right? Mm-hmm. You had to surrender. And so when we talk about the sort of finding the um, 
the difference between going through normal circumstantial new parent hard stuff, Mm -hmm. which you're tired, Mm -hmm. exhausted, really. I mean, on every level, you're probably hungry because you're not eating enough. Right. You know, you are um, dealing with the stress of this new baby that you love that is also so all consuming and Mm -hmm. hard to console and just all these factors. Right. Like, of course, you're having a hard time. Right. Hard. (laughs) Yes. Fucking hard. But how but how do you distinguish like how do you say Mm -hmm. How do you draw a line and say, yes, this is hard, but I feel like overall mm-hmm. I'm feeling well. I'm okay. Yeah. And then you, and you draw the line and you like, actually, when the sun shines on me, I kind of feel like it's mocking me. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's this, this little twist that happens or like you're talking about, you know, that you can't access the, your resources. Mm-hmm. You have your mom who mm-hmm. you trust and mm-hmm. care about. And if there's one person that's going to deliver the information that you might need some help here, it's going to be her, Absolutely. right? But her voice is coming up against this, like mm-hmm. it's just bouncing off. Yeah. And it's because I feel like it could be because your body is still hanging on to this event that happened that was outside of your capacity to process and handle mm-hmm. that anything else that's trying to get through mm-hmm. is just being deflected. Absolutely. Right? And then you're in this place of where you can't even the emotions that are coming up in present current Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. and that want to be felt and experienced. They can't be because you've your body is made has um, made this like armor Mm -hmm. around you until you deal with what has already taken place. Like nothing else is allowed in. And that includes Mm -hmm. hard and good. Absolutely. Right. And so I I remember having a similar experience of holding my daughter. A sun was shining on us. I was looking at her Mm -hmm. and I so badly wanted to like smile back at her, but I just tears just coming down, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and that was one of the moments where I thought, Hmm, Mm -hmm. like this is hard but I should be able to access like some sort of something mm-hmm. in s- even just a thread mm-hmm. that feels like it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, that was not right. the case. And so you just, you come up in these empty moments of just like, uh Oh, mm-hmm. like I got nothing. I got, I don't have resources. I don't have emotion. I don't have connection yeah. to what's going on within me and mm-hmm. with the people around me. Like, right. And it's just, uh, that's when, when I feel like you can recognize like, uh Oh yeah, something is amiss here. And I, I might need to accept some help. Right. Maybe it's something more than just the hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, in my practice or clinically, we, we talk a lot about like, it's when it starts getting in the way, Mm -hmm. right. When it really starts getting in the way or Mm -hmm. when it starts impacting your day to day. I mean, Mm -hmm. some women will kind of, um, they'll, they'll experience on uh, postpartum anxiety where like they can't even leave the house or, or where they have to do several loads of laundry a day, right. Or they have to clean excessively. Mm -hmm. And so we see things like this really high levels of anxiety or so fearful that the baby might get hurt that they can't even let another person hold them. Right. Or like OCD tendencies. Mm -hmm. And it's really when these, um, symptoms Mm -hmm. or these kind of thoughts, acts, behaviors Mm -hmm. really start to impact our day to day to routine. But much like every pregnancy and every delivery is so unique to each person. Yeah. So can the postpartum For kind sure. of journey be. And so there's no equation. There's no checkbox. We have wonderful screeners out there uh-huh. that we really need to adopt in yep. a lot of our places like our OBGYNs mm-hmm. and, you know, even our pediatrics office. For sure. Um, any sort of kind of well-being place or mm-hmm. screenings can really help, but it doesn't look the same for everybody. Yeah. 
I mean, you and I both had a struggle here, but the stories are so different. Right. But the underlining, the underpinnings, yep. the lack of control, yep. the loss of identity, mm-hmm. the feeling of numbness. I yeah. mean, some of these things, this is what connects us all, I think, through motherhood. Yeah. And the more we can talk about the rawness of this, mm-hmm. the, the more we're going to be able to help others, I think, recognize that you don't have it all together and that's okay. Yeah. Right. That's okay. In fact, I heard a really great um, practitioner say once it's the moms that come into my office that are all put together that make me the most mm-hmm. nervous. Totally. Right. It's the moms that can really show the struggle Yeah. that I think the resilience is, is there. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so you asked the question, when do we realize that it's more than just the hard, uh-huh. right? I think that I think we should be asking our question all throughout that postpartum experience. For sure. And more than just, do you feel like you're going to harm yourself or the baby? Yeah. Right? Like that statement can be said by several. I think there's enough knowledge out there that we've heard a lot of the um, excruciating stories, right? Heart-wrenching stories about moms that have really suffered this postpartum psychosis and have gone to do the unspeakable or the unmanageable. But Mm -hmm. like... It can go. I mean, I, it was a whole year for myself, right? A whole year. I remember it was right before her first birthday Mm -hmm. and I was sitting on the living room floor and she was playing on her back Mm -hmm. and I was just bawling, just crying. And my husband, bless his heart, but just didn't know the questions to ask. He didn't have the information. And again, I'm in this field. So the irony of it all just, I mean, now looking back, just kind of, I don't know, like I can just laugh about it, I suppose. But like the irony that like he, he knew something was wrong and he'll tell me this. He's like, I knew something was wrong and that I had lost a part of you, his perception. Right. Right. But I didn't know how to get you back. Yeah. Where then here as women, we're like, we've lost a part of us and we're trying to rediscover. Yep. And it was in that moment that I, I flat out looked at him. This was kind of the pivot moment mm-hmm. where I said, I have got to do something. Yeah. And I think I have a plan. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't work in three months, I want to give myself three months. You have got to put me in the car yeah. and you have got to take me to the doctor. Yeah. And I looked him dead in the eye and I said, because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that moment, I don't know where the strength yep. came from. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but I just had this moment of clarity where I, I kind of had a clue now Yeah. and I was ready to try something. And yeah. for me, talking back about my story prior to pregnancy, mm-hmm. I felt strong. I felt mm-hmm. good. I felt fit. Yeah. I felt in control. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go back to that. Yeah. So I lumped myself with this amazing group of women mm-hmm. who got me to the gym mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like it was five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. that someone was coming to my house and picking me up mm-hmm. and taking me to the gym. Now, not that this is everyone's yeah. like prescription, right? No. This isn't going to work for everybody. Like you but said, everyone's unique. And the way, the way they find their way back is just as unique as the way we get absolutely. lost. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Beautifully said. So I, I started going and it was so hard mm-hmm. because I didn't have the flexibility, the yeah. Strength, yeah. the body, like all of those things that yeah. I knew to be true for myself. Mm-hmm. So my rediscovery kind of happened through that physical activity, mm-hmm. but it became almost like a survival to yeah. me. My, my husband's schedule shift at one point, so I couldn't go at five anymore. It would have to be four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to get home by six. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I've got a, a infant at home, yeah. like an infant toddler. She's moving yeah. into her toddler years. Yeah. I'm still not sleeping at yeah. night. I'm still having struggles. Yeah. And here I am waking up at four o'clock in the morning, trying Mm -hmm. to get my physical activity in before I have to go on all of the other duties. Right. And, and it was two years that I went consistently that, I mean, sitting here today being like, I haven't been to the gym in like three months. Uh 
I think that was the trauma speaking. That was the fire that I found inside somewhere that Mm -hmm. felt like I had to hold on to that if I was going to get better. Yeah. Right. Like I had to hold on to something that was going to help me rediscover. Yeah. I had, and it was hard. Yeah. And it sucked. Yeah. You know, letting go of who I was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I'm still trying to figure it out. My daughter's five years old for fuck's sake. Right. Like, no, I hear you. And there was this moment I tell this story to a lot of my good friends. I ride dirt bikes for Mm -hmm. fun. You Uh you asked me that question earlier. So that's when I feel in control when you're on something with a motor and you're in the mountains, like you have to be completely focused and in Mm -hmm. control. Well, I remember about, I don't know, it was the spring after my daughter was born and a group of us went to the mountains and same, I had no strength. Yeah. I had no ability. It was like I had never rode before. Yeah. I was in the middle of the mountains, Claire, and I had fallen for probably, I don't know, the 17th millionth time. Yeah. And I am bawling yeah. and I am kicking my yeah. dirt bike. I yeah. am just kicking it. And yeah. I am having a full on two-year-old tantrum yeah. in the middle of the mountains mm-hmm. because I just wanted one thing. Yeah. I wanted one thing mm-hmm. that I knew about myself. Yeah. And it was that, and it was unique, yeah. right? Like it right. was something I that like yeah. prided myself on. Yeah. That. And I didn't have it and I hung it up for the rest of the year. And so it was just these ups and downs and moments. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all go through. It's Mm -hmm. not easy. Yeah. It is hard and it strips us raw. Yeah. Right. But it's through that journey. I think that we, we rediscover Mm -hmm. and find kind of this, I don't know, place of belonging. Yeah within our own selves. I mean, and, and like I said, my daughter's five, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. We just last night got to go on a, like a couple's date on a weekday. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself, it's been so long since I have felt the ability to separate from her and feel settled and feel okay. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's a crazy ride. I know it is. And, and speaking back to like, um, you know, the way that you found your way back was through, that uh sort of like practice or discipline of going to the gym each morning Mm -hmm. like um can we talk a little bit more about how that was helpful yeah um just in terms of like what I'm particularly curious about is I think that there are some things that we loved prior to becoming a mom that we try on and mm-hmm. it doesn't fit anymore. Right. So and true. we, and we have to say, okay, well this used to feel good to me, but it really doesn't anymore. And I'm, and that's hard for me to accept, but I might have to find something that feels mm-hmm. like it's more fitting now. Mm-hmm. But then also like, I'm just curious about how that shifted sort of your inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were in that place of numbness, how having that practice and that like certainty that you would have at least this one hour mm-hmm. before you started your day like how did that help you come back into health and back into sort of a place where mm-hmm. maybe the um the sensation the physical sensation that mm-hmm. you put into that started to eke out the numbness yeah i'm not i'm not sure i'm, I'm pausing just to kind of mm-hmm. reflect here i think I think what that offered me, Claire, was more around this ability to kind of have some control Mm -hmm. and even just the physiological parts Mm -hmm. of getting my body moving, getting those hormones going, right? Like I, cause I knew prior as I had a history of depression that Mm -hmm. this was something that helped me in the past, not just with my physique, but with my mental state, right? Yeah. So what, I don't know if I have the hardcore answer, but as I'm reflecting, what I really feel like is it gave me the strength. Yeah to know I was going to be okay. I don't think it made me okay. I don't think it brought me out. What I really think brought me out to a place that I was starting to feel like myself again Mm -hmm. 
was my supports yeah. and my grace mm-hmm. that I was able to hold to myself and stories, hearing yeah. other women's yeah. stories. Yeah. Um, knowing that I had people in this community that I could lean on when needed mm-hmm. was really important. For sure. You know, um, I think that's what brought me out. But there's times where I don't know if I'm all the way out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Amen. she's I hear five that. and I still yep. feel like there's my times. My baby's five also. Yeah, I know. And it's, it, it is, it's, there are times. And I think that for me, like you said, with, um, the physical, like the, the, let's just call it working out. Like you got mm-hmm. to go to the gym and spend some time, you know, working out mm-hmm. that you knew that that, that the mental benefits of that had helped you in the past. You know, I think that's like part of what, um, it's part of our way back, right? We have to rewind in our minds and think like, when have I struggled the most and what helped me then? Absolutely. And then we use it as a touchstone, you Mm -hmm. know, and if you can only do it 20 minutes a day, five minutes Mm -hmm. a day, like you, like you prove to yourself that it's still available, that you can still access it. And that hopefully Mm -hmm. like the same way that it helped you in the past Mm -hmm. will help you in your current circumstances. And so it's like, we all have to find those things. And for Mm -hmm. people who have struggled and who have never had something like that, like that's also where you, you might have to go in and surrender and be like, I don't know what's going to help me out of this, like Mm -hmm. medication therapy, Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. out. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, I'm at the point where I know I need help and I'm willing to try Mm-hmm. anything because like I deserve it. My family deserves it. Like we can't keep living like this. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And there are some women who through their postpartum journey need more than just right. right? Like more than for, I, w- I felt thankful because I tried something and, and I was able to find my way back, but yeah. there was, there could have been a really good possibility that after three months that wasn't enough. Right. right? But I think it's important for us to get this information out so that the community, the, the woman supports Mm -hmm. the husband, the family, the friends can just help recognize. And when we get to this point of like, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know what's going to help. Yeah. In my own preparation for our time together, I, I heard a podcast and there's this wonderful LPN in Utah. Her name's Kate Jones and she works in maternal mental health Mm -hmm. and she uses the acronym snowball with new moms and snowball stands for sleep, nutrition, we have omega threes, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of that mm-hmm. supplement. Yeah. We have walks. Uh-huh. And then for the B, we have baby breaks. For mm-hmm. A, we have adult time. Mm-hmm. The first L is liquids. The second L is laughter. Yeah. And though this isn't like the equation, no. right? That gets us to where we need to go. It's a really great starting point, mm-hmm. I think, for new moms. We can look at that kind of way of thinking about wellness for prevention. Yeah. But also for like those around surrounding the mom that they can help with that's something they can do totally something my husband always said is just I didn't know what I could do yeah right like he couldn't he couldn't take her because she wouldn't she didn't want him at that time of infancy right and he couldn't feed her we breastfed for four months and that's a whole nother topic in itself like that's fucking hard too oh dude like why do we not talk about how hard that is here's the thing that I want to point out too is like when you're talking about your story of, you know, leading up during your pregnancy, like you didn't want to look up YouTube videos and you didn't want like, I was the same way. Like I was like, no, I got this. Yeah. Like I'm, my nipples aren't going to bleed. I'm not going to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Like, no, duh. Yeah. I don't need to know about that because it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. You know, and we're in this sort of like stubborn, I was in this stubborn, like if I don't look at it, then it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. And, and I actually remember like 
goofing off during the c-section of the like birth class i was taking like i was like doing something else not paying any attention at all like because i was like i don't need to know this what do you and think i don't want to know this yeah what do you think it would have meant if you would have paid attention I, you know, that it was possible that that could happen to me. And I didn't want to acknowledge that truth. But what I find interesting is I like, I, I like I for so long was like, why didn't someone tell me how hard <laughs> this was? And it's like, because I would not have listened. Absolutely. Like I would have totally mm-hmm. dismissed it and been mm-hmm. like, well, that was hard for you, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to have that. Okay. okay. You know, like, mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting to me about how, like, how do we bring this information to expectant mothers mm-hmm. who are, like, so hungry for the bullshit? Yeah. Like, they want to believe that having a perfect nursery, and I'm saying they as in this was me. Yeah. Like, I wanted to believe that, like, folding all the onesies perfectly, having everything set up, having everything in its place, casseroles in the freezer, pads yep. in the freezer. Like, yep. like because I did warmer. all those things, it, like, 100% guaranteed that everything was going to go smoothly. Yeah. And that I wanted to believe that so badly that I wasn't willing to learn or educate myself. Mm -hmm. on what could happen because I didn't want like that seemed scary to me and I didn't want to feel scared I wanted to feel happy absolutely you know like and I didn't know at that point before coming becoming a mom that I could feel scared and happy at the same time I didn't know like I thought I always had to choose what a beautiful statement Claire Mm -hmm. I think that it's that yeah. I didn't know I could do, I could have both. Yeah. We can feel love and anger yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. We can feel scared and happy totally. at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely. And if there's one thing that like parenthood taught me right away, it's that like, you don't like, you don't get to choose anymore to feel one or the other. Absolutely. Like you, you, you have to either feel, choose to feel nothing or both. Absolutely. You know? And, and so I, I do like think, I can't remember what we were talking about leading up to this, but Um, But I do think that like that is something that's really uh, hard and that I've Mm -hmm. thought about. But after I one of the questions I had, you know, for you was like going back, like if you could go back and talk to like pregnant Trista and like if you could have like a heart to heart and be like, I know you don't want to see this. Right. I know this doesn't like you. But Mm -hmm. like, here's what I need you to know. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you tell her? Oh, God. (laughs) what an emotional question yeah we learn so much Mm -hmm. through this journey i think i would say you're gonna be okay yeah as i was writing that question this morning that's what i thought what would i tell myself and it is a tender place because of how much you needed to hear that absolutely you know but absolutely couldn't and it is a tender a really Mm -hmm. tender place but that is the thing that came to my mind too Mm -hmm. is like you're gonna be okay like you're gonna have to hold on because this is gonna be right a really hard ride but you're gonna be okay you're gonna make it yeah I think I would also say it doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks yeah right like do you boo is kind of the new saying in our house yeah do what feels right and that's what's helped me through, I think, my practice now mm-hmm. working with moms is right. that there is no right yeah. way. Nope. Right? There's we have best practices. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. But what really matters yeah. is what the expectation this mom has, right. right? Like we talked about story. I had the story, my baby wasn't gonna have a pacifier. Yep. I was gonna breastfeed for a year, yep. right? Like I was gonna visit a yep. daycare and like all of these mm-hmm. things. And none of that happened. Yeah. None of it happened, right? It all was the opposite of Mm -hmm. my story. 
And when those things don't match up, that's when we become really hard on ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and it, and instead of those being like, um, things to try, they're mm-hmm. like these markers of failure. They become yeah. these markers of failure and that like, just, just tr- telling moms to like trust their own mm-hmm. intuition and their instinct in how, mm-hmm. in what's best for them and for their baby. Right. And that if you like another thing I think I would have told myself is like, if you can't care for your own basic human needs, like it's going to be really hard for you to remember that like that it is going to be okay. And and for you to be able to trust yourself because everything in you will be like, hello, like I need Mm -hmm. water, Mm -hmm. I need food, I need sleep. Like these are basic Mm -hmm. human needs. And when we're not able to meet those, then like it sets off all the alarms and Mm -hmm. the alarms are so busy being so loud and going Mm -hmm. off that we are like looking to everywhere else to know how to do this job. Right. That really we do have wisdom about. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about just from the clinical perspective of what we've learned about when women kind of go from this perinatal depression to kind of moving a little bit more into psychosis Mm -hmm. is these things that are our basic needs that we're lacking. Lack of sleep. I mean, what lack of sleep does to our brain is is amazing, right? right? I mean, they, we've used it in war tactics. We've yep. used it, you know, mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. to kind of torture. Yeah. So we are l- literally as women sometimes being tortured with yep. lack of sleep, yeah. which then allows us to n- no longer access our frontal lobe. No. Right. And so we're operating at this more primal level mm-hmm. and we need our basic needs met like sleep and food, yep. but also connection. Yeah. Right. So That's connection. Why that snowball is so great. Yeah. Cause it's all, time. it's all those connect. It's all those basic human needs that you need to feel okay in the world. Absolutely. That often like many of them, mm-hmm. many of those letters mm-hmm. get totally left behind because you're so focused yeah. on making sure those are met in mm-hmm. your baby and in your family. Right. Yeah. And when I was recognizing that this is something different than like what people would call the baby blues, mm-hmm. right? Like right. people are like, oh no, it's normal. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just the baby blues. Well, for those of that don't know, the baby blues really is only about two weeks postpartum. And yeah. if you're still feeling disconnected or sad or anxious mm-hmm. or sometimes even angry, yeah, right? Like uh, some women will have like full on rage. Yeah. That is not baby blues. Yeah. That's something else. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Right. But we have to be aware that, um, it's it's not normal for you to have baby blues. No. Six months postpartum. Yeah. Right? And like how damaging different. it can be for someone to say, yeah. oh, it's, this is normal and so this dismissive. is just baby. Like yeah. I had that experience and it was, mm-hmm. I, I have never felt more hopeless in my life mm-hmm. than being in that doctor's office and falling apart and telling like yeah. the doctor what was going on and having him just be like, oh, every mom feels this way. This is, you know, oh. and I was like, oh shit. Like if he doesn't think that this is like bad, then like who's something going must be to, wrong. you know, yeah, something must be wrong. I must, I like, mm-hmm. I know this isn't just anything. I'd yeah. like the word just does not apply to what's going on in my inner experience right now. And, right. um, and I think that, I think that baby blues is just, um, bullshit. Like agreed. Not that, not that you can't have like hormone fluctuation and like Mm -hmm. physiological things Mm -hmm. that lead you to feel down and then you're okay after that. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, 
but let's like just I don't know the yeah. baby blues thing gets tossed around way too much yeah but it's what people know yeah right like it was, it was I always think about my mom's generation mm-hmm. or kind of the generation before her and I think that that's just kind of how they labeled it right right um, but I agree with you. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I think it's absolute bullshit. Yeah. But that's when I knew that it was different. Yeah. Right. Like this is, this is different for yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'm so happy because many of the questions that I had outlined just naturally came to us, but, um, I'm so glad. but I'm thinking to, you know, um, just, a b- let's talk a little bit about how, like your your partner's experience, your husband's experience Mm -hmm. and your mom's experience and other support people in your life. Yeah. Like I'm curious because I feel like this is something that, um, I had my husband at the time also was like, I just feel so helpless. Mm -hmm. Like I can see you're hurting. I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do. I feel like I'm on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, and I also want to just recognize and acknowledge how off script and different from the story that must feel for them. Absolutely. And how hard that is and how, can we sort of um, help to describe what was helpful for you? Mm-hmm. What, you know, like what mm-hmm. finally got through to you? What did you finally, were you able to tell your husband? Like, like you know, you were able to finally speak up and say like, okay, mm-hmm. here's what I'm going to do, but here's how I need you to mm-hmm. like, let's talk about some of those strategies and awarenesses that we can give to people who might be listening, who know, a mo- they know a mom who's hurting or right. they know someone who's struggling, like what really got through to you? Yeah. Um, there's a big question. So let me just kind of pause here mm-hmm. to formulate. I think, um, I think to rewind in the beginning of our mm-hmm. story, I was probably, I don't know, like two months out from delivery that I knew of, right. Cause she came early. Um, and Brie Oliver, who we both know, um, was working at the health department at that time as a home visitor. Mm -hmm. And because we ran together in some of the similar coalitions, she so graciously, I am so thankful for her in so many ways, had said, hey, how would I come out and do a home visit, Mm -hmm. right? Which is, it was a moment for me because that was a service that we provided. Yeah. And now I was on kind of the receiving end of that. Yeah. But because she's so amazing, I was like, yeah, absolutely, come out to my house. Yeah. And so when we set up that appointment, I didn't really know what to expect. It yeah. was kind of just a friend coming yeah, over. Right. And what I found in that moment, Claire, was my husband had so many questions yeah. that I didn't know he had. Yeah. He asked things that I had no idea he was thinking yeah. about, right? Because I had, I think, gone into this like self-preservation yeah, mode. Like sure. I was, it was almost game time. And well, so yeah. I was like in my own world that I forgot to connect. Yeah. And if it wasn't for her coming to yeah. the house and I think opening up that conversation, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have ever known. Yeah. So when you say like, what is it that we can do for the supporters? Mm-hmm. I think that there's this level of home visiting or this level of bringing someone mm-hmm. to the table to just allow permission yeah. for some, some conversation yeah. is so powerful for sure for so powerful. Um, and opening up dialogue prior to pregnancy. Yeah. You know, I think that again, there's no manual, like we find ourselves pregnant, whether planned or unplanned. Yeah. And then we don't have conversations about right. like, what do you expect yeah. or what could this be like? Right. We just kind of yeah. do what we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, education, I think is where it has to go. I was just telling my husband this morning because my mom watched me uh-huh. struggle. Yeah. Right. She, I was telling her I got to come on and do this podcast. I was so excited. And she's like, oh yeah, like people will ask if you're going to have more kids. And I just say, oh no, no, no. 
And hearing her say that, right? Like, I was like, what do you mean no? Like, we we have decided, yeah. you know, that we're done. Yeah. And some of that decision has come from the struggle. Right. But not all. Yeah. I'm a stepmom. Yeah. We have two kids. Yeah. You know, kids are fucking expensive. Yeah. Like, it was really hard. Yeah. But if I wanted to have another kid, I would like to know that my mom would be like, yeah. Yeah. But that was not her experience. Yeah. And what I could say to her, because we are so open and raw mm-hmm. with each other, is like, I think you're talking from your experience. And she goes, absolutely, Trista. Yeah. Absolutely. It was yeah. so hard. And I saw you struggle so bad. Yeah. And so opening up a place where we can talk about it in a yeah. real way without judgment, right? right? Without fear. Right. And just knowing that when a mom is pregnant and goes through delivery, yeah. like that affects so many people around that yeah. mom. Right. So yes, that mom needs attention and yeah. needs that support, mm-hmm. but so do dads yeah right they're having a different experience For sure. a yeah. different sp- perspective yeah yeah and i think what's hard is like the the model leading up until like more recent conversation and awareness around this is like all the attention just went to the baby mm-hmm. and like no offense babies but like they need their basic needs met yeah but like if the people who are meeting those basic needs aren't cared for, then guess what? Yeah, like we got nothing to give. No, cute outfit is one thing, but like mm-hmm. it would be much better to show up with like, you know, a snack and some like honest conversation for mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's and and when it comes to like dads, it's just just being able to again hold space for the fact mm-hmm. that like every person in the vicinity of baby yeah is going through Mm self-doubt you know really looking around and being like what's happening in my family and measuring to other families and like and just going through this whole identity crisis really of like who are we Mm -hmm. how are we going to do this how are we going to approach these things Mm -hmm. and like and and trying to do that all well yeah not sleeping and And failing you know failing failing, completely at doing it all well and and sometimes having that be the only way to learn you know is a Mm -hmm. tough place to be absolutely and everyone that's in that Mm -hmm. equation deserves love and grace and recognition Mm -hmm. and permission to say I don't know what I'm doing yes this is hard you know all these things that Mm -hmm. we feel so ashamed to admit to ourselves and to Mm -hmm. others like it just I'm hoping that that conversation only continues to grow and be more accessible to people. Absolutely. And I think this is a way that we can, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's have these open raw conversations and Mm -hmm. expose, right? Like let's expose what motherhood's really about. It's dirty. It's messy. It's emotional, Mm -hmm. but it's also amazing and fantastic and full of love. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah, for sure. All at the same time. Yep. It all comes together. Yeah. So, okay. And then there were a couple of little questions. I'm going to look here. Um, So I kind of, we talked a little bit about the work that you do now. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you say, if you could look specifically and sort of transpose your own personal experience and your story Mm -hmm. of... um, postpartum depression is Mm -hmm. what you would identify with experiencing you know like if you could go back and and kind of like hold that experience and and describe how you've integrated that into how you now approach families Mm -hmm. and like what would you say are really like you know a handful of the standout things that you would not be able to offer now that you can only because you've been there right I think um the first one is kind of normalizing the guilt Mm -hmm. I 
will speak with moms, families really, and say like, what is it with this thing that happens at delivery? Like we like birth this child Mm -hmm. and then this like rock of guilt that just then falls right on our shoulder, right? And some of us have a very, very big heavy rock that we're carrying around Mm -hmm. and others have just learned to carry maybe a smaller amount, but we all have it. Yeah. And so being able to talk really real about Mm -hmm. some of those feelings that people are more uncomfortable to talk about. Because I think that's what I was needing is someone to kind of normalize what I was going through. And I don't know if I could have done that without having that experience, right? And then also giving permission to the families that I'm working with Mm -hmm. around like letting go of your plan. Yeah. You know, like it's okay if, you know, you didn't want to co-sleep. Right. But then all of a sudden you find yourself like exhausted, tired yeah. and your child's temperament needs proximity in yeah. order to regulate. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not just about you failing at your plan. Right. It's about you adjusting your, your yeah. approach to meet right. your child's needs. Yeah. So almost kind of taking this idea of failure and throwing it out the window, yeah. right? Like there is no such thing. Yeah with with this journey and failure but really just adjusting yeah taking a time to breathe and give permission for that adjustment Mm -hmm. and flexibility yeah i think it's helpful and that's to be true kind of throughout the child's development for sure you know like absolutely our little girl struggles just going to bed on her own Mm -hmm. and we fought it and fought it at the age of two yeah and finally i just threw my hands in the air because i was able to think like what's happening for her yeah exactly and to bring in this idea of she's telling me she needs proximity she's telling me she's she's not in connection with me during the day because i'm a working mom Right. So her and I spend the majority of our time apart. Yeah. The only time we have together is at night. Yeah. No wonder she doesn't want to be in her own bed. Totally. So surrendering this idea that if she doesn't sleep in her own bed, she'll be like too dependent. Yeah. Like all of the like myths that we give. So I think it's the experience of what we would, some people would call failure. What I've learned Mm -hmm. to kind of term as flexibility. Yeah. I think that's that allows so true. flexibility. Yeah, that allows yeah. the connection with families and mm-hmm. and the permission for them to decide. Yeah, for them to decide what makes sense for you in your world. Totally. Like though our stories are are similar, like it's just going to be different for everybody. Yeah. And my job is to help them just think about their needs, think yeah. about what would be helpful. Yeah. And then to try that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't oh, have all the so answers. Good. No. I don't want them. No, you can't. Nobody yeah. does. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it is so, I think that that is huge when you, you know, you, like you describe the, the sort of battle and back and forth with your daughter and with Mm -hmm. going to sleep and you do like sort of run this through this mill of like, okay, well, I've heard that this is going to have this detrimental (laughs) effect and this, you know, but as your baby grows and as your kiddo gets older, like you learn to trust actually being able Mm -hmm. to step into their shoes and to see because you know mm-hmm. their personality more than anyone else mm-hmm. like you can really recognize and honor that need mm-hmm. rather than saying like well I read somewhere that I wasn't <laughs> supposed to do this so I'm not going to and like and the fallout that that creates in your home like yeah. you just have to at some point say like actually in our family here's we're going to be close yeah because that is what feels good to her mm-hmm. then it feels good to me like mm-hmm. what's the alternative right you know uh, and yes and so I think that that is so great to just finally like give people permission Mm -hmm. to experiment with what works and when you when you hit home on what does it'll you'll feel it you'll know absolutely it'll strike a chord you know and Mm -hmm. and that part of you that is just like fundamental parent will recognize like this is what works for us it's so true our nights are no longer battles yeah 
and now it's the best part of my day yeah. because we lay in bed, we get to snuggle, we talk about the best parts of our day, and we get to lay there together in regulation and connection totally. opposed to kind of fighting and conflict. For sure. And it has come to a place, and we move her. She yeah. falls asleep yeah. in our bed. We move her into her room. She sleeps in there the rest of the night, but mm-hmm. instead of fighting yeah. and feeling horrible about yeah. my parenting, yeah. I, Which now isn't our, good for anybody. Right. Yeah. Both of our needs yeah. are getting met now. Super awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just adjusting, being flexible, yeah. allowing yourself yeah. the flexibility yeah. and the wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I love that turning failure into flexibility. That's mm-hmm. such a good phrase. Cool. Well, I gosh, I feel like we covered some ground here yeah. today. Um, and I don't know that there's a lot else for us to talk about but no I mean I could talk to you all day about this we definitely could but we don't want to make like an eight-hour podcast no people will be overwhelmed by it but thank you so much for being here Trista for doing the work that you do for being open to sharing your story Mm -hmm. I don't know a single mom who doesn't have an incredible story to share and every time I hear one I just think damn mm-hmm. these are brave people you we, know strong women yeah we are all strong women yeah. and and sometimes that's why we put on this front of I've got this right yeah. like I've got to have it it's because we are strong and we mm-hmm. can we can do it and and here's the key if, if someone ever asked me are you gonna be okay I'm like of course I'm gonna be okay yeah right like we're gonna be fine yes that's what so many women say yeah. like I'm fine yeah but you can still be okay and fine yep but supported yeah right like sure. it's okay to have both and yep. so I'm so excited to hear more stories through this podcast and to see I mean I know there's heartbreaking stories out there Mm -hmm. but all of them have resilience and all of them have strength Mm -hmm. within them and I'm so excited to see where this goes yeah yay Mm -hmm. well thank you we're gonna call it a day then all right hey again mother lovers I like to take a moment after each episode to remind you that in this world there are many ways to express love and compassion Many are small acts that can have a huge ripple effect. See a mom at the store juggling little ones? Smile and tell her she's doing a good job. Let her know she matters. See her. Or in this case, if you are moved or inspired by the episodes we're making, take a few minutes to rate, review, or subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. See us so we can continue to see you. Thanks for spreading the mother love.